Welcome to the latest edition of JogCast, Journeys to Success with Jobs for Ohio's graduates. My name is Chris Canova, and I am the Executive Director of Jobs for Ohio's graduates, or JOG. And we are happy that you're joining us today because we have a special guest, right? That's kind of the point with the podcast. Not often you can sit across the table uh, with a professional athlete, a successful business person, and one that gives back to the communities in which he lives and has for several years. Today's guest is Mr. Nabi Lewandowski, and we are so happy to have him here today. He has shared his message with uh, many, many people um, over the years and is quite frankly a mentor to uh, several people who have crossed his path. Nabi, help me out here. You are in the Benedictine Hall of Fame, and you were also in the Kent State University Hall of Fame, and uh, I received many, many honors at the uh, Benedictine High School. And the, the only fellow who they often make a comparison with me and Chuck Knoll, who was in the uh, Benedictine Hall of Fame and the Benedictine Hall of Honors. The only person that is in both Hall of Fames. Um, Two people, Nobby Lewandowski and Chuck Knoll. Chuck Knoll in the 100-year history of uh, Benedictine High School. Well, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, Nobby, you know, I don't know if you know much about my upbringing, but, you know, I was raised by a single mother um, in a situation with not a lot of resources, and she was an inspiration to me, um, you know, driving me to, you know, get my education and, and work hard and just want to hear a little bit about your story about growing up and, and how you how you started your life and, and, and your path to your career. Mother and father met working at a business called Richmond Brothers. They eventually got married. Uh, my father opened up, opened up a bar um, in this uh, ethnic village, which was all Bohemian, Slovenian, Czechoslovakian, Hungarian, etc. Well, obviously I stutter, and I have stuttered all my life. At a very early age, and I don't know, I thank the Lord that this happened, I asked myself, how can you be successful and be accepted without having to speak. So at about the age of four or five, I started throwing a baseball, and I turned out to be a pretty good pitcher. In fact, when we were in the sixth grade, the eighth graders wouldn't play us because they would have had to face me as a pitcher. I was a fortunate. I graduated from St. John Pomacene Church, which is right on East 50th and Fleet Avenue. While I was there, I was very, very active, and for some reason I graduated. Maybe they confused my grade point average with my earned run average. I don't know for sure. I remember vividly going with them to the 1948 charity football game in which used to be played at Cleveland Stadium every Thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving. But Bennington was in that game, and they won that game. And I saw the school spirit there. I came home and said, hey, hey, Dad, I would love to go to Benedictine. He says, son, I'll check it out. A couple of months later, he comes back. He says, son, I would love to send you to Benedictine, but it's $125 a year, and I just don't have it. When I was in the 7th and 8th grade, I pitched in a um, amateur baseball league for uh, kids 14 and under. It was referred to as the Cleveland Baseball Federation, Class F for ages 14 and under. I was 18 and 0 as a pitcher. When I could not go to a Benedictine, as I mentioned earlier, because my father didn't have the money, I was extremely fortunate, and I thank God over and over again. He said, I'm going to ask you once again, how would you like to go to Benedictine? I said, I would love to. He said, then you are going to Benedictine. I went to Benedictine on an athletic and academic scholarship. Had great success there. I was the captain of the football team and the, and the baseball team my senior year. I made all city in football and baseball. And then I received the, the greatest honor any, anybody's able to receive. I was named Mr. Benedictine my senior year. Most people miss the mark there. They don't have a vision. Right. You had a vision. I think it started with hard work, probably instilled by your father and others. But you had a vision. Did you aim to be an accountant? I mean, did how did, how did you end up there? Because I can't imagine that's what you thought about, you know, as you're throwing a baseball as a 14 year old. Working with facts and figures, you have the least amount of communication ah. as you would have in any other occupation. That makes sense. I get it. And so I said, I can work with facts and figures all day, and I do not communicate as much as all other jobs. Well, that's ironic because when I think of you, I think of just the opposite. I think of how good a communicator you are. Um, do you think that that was a learned trait because, or, or because you, you have a stutter that you focused more on it? Because, you, I mean, you're a fantastic communicator. For those of you who don't know, Nobby's done hundreds of speeches, I think over 300 speeches, um, last number that I heard. But um, was it effort? Was it experience? Was it a combination? Uh, if I did not say it before... Everybody has a challenge, and I never walked around saying, oh, Lord, why do I talk like this and other people talk okay? Why do I stutter? Oh, like I said, I used to have a, a real problem saying my first name, in, in which I got ridiculed often when I first shook hands with someone. I said, I just have to make the best of what I have. And as I began speaking more and more, I became more confident. And that's a thing many people that stutter do not have. Inner confidence that I'm, I'm just as good, if not better, than others. I'm smart. I work hard. I'm ethical. I'm honest. And I'm going to be okay. I don't want sympathy. I don't want understanding and feeling and woe is me and oh poor Nobby he stuttered no man leave me alone I will be okay and so I just kept working at that but but it really wasn't work 
it was a inner burning passion that I said, this is what I want to be. This is the way I think of myself. Maybe others do not think this way because I don't speak like them, but I'm going to be okay. You mentioned success um, a few minutes ago. Um, you know, also on this, this bookmarker here, which by the way, with your permission, I'm going to print a bunch of these and give one to everyone, every kid in our organization, which is a thousand kids. Um, if that's okay with you, I think this is how good of a, a piece of I material have a, that is. I have a whole box of them. Well, good. I'll be happy to take those off your hand. <laughs> but three rules of success, according to Nabi. Number one, do what is right. Number two, do the best that you can. And three, treat others like you want to be treated, the golden rule. I'm curious, where, where do you think that that came from? Uh, from, well, I, I don't want to get into this, but reading the Bible, mm -hmm. going to a Catholic grade school mm -hmm. and high school where if you didn't misbehave, boy, your mother and father found out then when you got home, you, you got it worse than you got it in school. I remember that. Everything was just from never feeling sorry for myself and the working hard and not expecting anything from anyone. And when I ever received anything, to say thank you and send handwritten thank you notes versus verbal. I go into people's offices, they have my thank you cards hanging on the wall. So, you know, I, I think that the last piece of the, this card, last time I'll mention it, but the, the one I personally find most valuable, three universal questions everyone asks. Can I one. trust you? What's that? Can I trust you? Can I trust you, number one. Can I trust you? People, uh, uh, because if people can't trust you, how are you going to build a relationship with them? They have to be on guard and question and be apprehensive of everything you say. So, so building trust. I don't mean only in verbiage. I mean, in your actions, in your words, in your feelings, how you treat others. That's how you build trust. So we have three pillars with this organization. And number one is we, you know, we want to engage people. We want to make sure that we're, we're engaging the people that need the most help. Number two, um, build a relationship, right? And once you build that relationship, I think to your point, once that trust is developed, you can build a relationship and then you can set some meaningful goals, um, which is, leads me to point number two. Are you committed to excellence? Never do anything just to do it. If you aren't going to do it the very best you are able to, I don't mean secondhand, I mean do it to your best. And that's what helped me as a CPA. Uh, so, so many of the people who we represented recommended, they said, Navi, I have never met anyone so committed asking me questions of such relevance versus just taking numbers and filing a form. And so you have to sh show and back up sincerity. I agree 100%. Um, the last thing you have on here and, and, and kind of another pillar of ours is, um, you know, we, we call ourselves the JOG family. Once you, once you become engaged with JOG, you are a part 
of not this organization, but this family who cares about you. And your number three on here is, do you care about me as a person? I mean, really care. I don't mean superficially that I want something from you. I want to fish you in. I want you to help me. You got to first build up trust. You have to show that show that that person that you are willing to give up yourself to help them versus expecting them to give you something. That's the way you build a relationship. Relationships are not one-way streets. And the, the sooner you believe that and you act that way, the more successful you will become. Agreed 100%. I, you know, I think that um, that's a very important element. And with our young people, um, you know, some of the people that we work with don't have the best modeling at home. Um, that's not an excuse. That's just a pathway. But um, – one of the things that we bring to the table um, at JOG, which separates us often from, from other organizations, is transparency. Care enough about a person to involve them in your life or be involved in their life, you need to be honest um, to get them to the next level sometimes. There is no right time to make a bad decision. There is no right time to be dishonest. There is no right to the time to say something you don't believe. You have to inwardly believe that, and that is transparent into the people you associate with. And think about, after we're in school and on and on and on, good people hang around with real good people. Schmucks with schmucks, unethical with unethical, and on and on and on. So you will always be thought of based upon the people with whom you associate with. Change is inevitable. Growth is, is optional. optional. Um, you have to be willing to accept change. Things aren't going to remain the same, and you have to be willing to adopt that change if it's for the betterment of everyone. You give back to the community in so many ways. You know, this podcast is one form, but you're involved with so many organizations, the American Institute of Stuttering. I mean, um, I founded the Rotary Club of Medina. I founded the Medina County Community Fund. I give scholarships at Benedictine. I give scholarships at the, at the Kent State University. I go to watch their uh, baseball games. I offer anyone that you thinks that if you think I can help you in any way, look me up. And he means that, folks. I mean, oh. he's not a man that that sits here just uh, talking the talk. He walks the walk for sure. Um, you know, with that, you know, our young people often are in search of, or maybe they don't know this, but they should be in search of. Um, Somebody that they can trust, right? A mentor. So, as a mentor to the young people that we work with, you know, what are you know one or two words of advice that that you would give um, these young adults? It's never the right time to do the wrong thing. I think I've said that before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know because, like I said, when you're 86, you don't remember what you had for <laughs> breakfast. Just be with others as you would want others to be with you. Mm-hmm. You don't want to hear fiction. You don't want to hear hopes and dreams. And Yes, you, you want to hear that, 
but it isn't something that you're going to hang your hat on. You want to hear, in fact, how can I become a better person? What what can I do to enhance my my feeling and my being on the face of of this earth? Well, that that is um, certainly words to live by. When I think about what you have done or the many things that that you have done, I think about how kind of different they are. The athletics, the academics, the accounting piece, the 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 giving back to the community. Why, why do you think that? Because you certainly don't have to. You've given so much of yourself to the community. Why is that important to you? It's self-rewarding. It's it's a way you are saying thank you for all the good good fortune. That has happened to you, whether it's scholarships or getting an education or being successful in the business world or having a large CPA firm or being a public speaker. How else can you say thank you? It's by giving back of yourself and some of the financial successes which you have had to help others who are not as successful. It isn't because you want to be recognized somewhere. It's you want to have that inner self-feeling. See, I'm paying back for some of the success I've had. And that's all it is. And it's and pe- people who are not feeling that in their life have a major void. So I would recommend, even if it's on a small basis, to a civic organization, whichever flips you on and is going to make you feel inwardly satisfied and gratifying that you have paid back to the community for the success which you have had. I don't think anybody can say it better than that, to be honest with you. I just have one more question for you, and it's it's kind of a broad question, but our young people have a lot of opportunities a lot of choices, I should say, in, in their lives right now, whether it's, you know, working <clears throat> virtually, working, working face-to-face, um, using the computer, technology. The options to this group of young people are almost limitless. Sure. What would you tell them about work ethic, about starting from the bottom and working your way up? Ask yourself, what would I do if I could do anything I want to do for the rest of my life, which is going to be gratifying, which every morning I'm saying, yeah, I get to go to work. But oh, I want to sleep some more. No, it's that inner feeling where you feel I am benefiting someone. I'm making a good living. I'm supporting a family or on and on and on. But it's that inner feeling and people who do not have that feeling, I feel sorry for them because that's a major void in their life. Find something which is going to be gratifying and and you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I did this to help this person or this organization. Those are some of the better feelings you will ever have where you say, I did something to help someone to pay back for the successes which I have had. You know, I think that's that, that's right on point. Um, I would I would say also, don't be afraid to try something. You know, you, you need to get your foot in the door 
sometimes in maybe not exactly the position you aspire to be in, you know, and Nabi, I don't think I, I shared this with you, but to your point about waking up every day and loving going to work, that's, that's what I do. I, I love coming to work. Um, but I'll tell you, 29 years ago when I started in this, in this role, not in this role, I started from the very bottom, by the way, and worked what, my way up. That's where everybody starts. Right, exactly. And, and what I found out almost immediately was, at least over the first year, that I fell in love with what I was doing, working with young people, working with businesses, um, you know, creating relationships with individuals, connecting individuals to, to resources, et cetera. I fell in love with it. But if I didn't take that chance and – uh, it, it never would have happened, right? That's the secret. Finding, and you're not, and many people, you're not going to find it the first time, the second time, the, the third time. Keep on looking until you, you, you find that that says, yeah, I get up at 6.30. I can go to work because I'm going to have a p- p- positive impact upon s- someone or some business or something. And I will uh, uh, tell you, I don't know how I found that feeling, but, but I thank the Lord so often that I found that because of the, of the inner happiness and the inner satisfaction I'm receiving. I don't ever say, you owe me this, or I ought to have this, or I worked hard, I need that. Well, then work harder and go get it. Once you can get that mindset, that thinking that nobody owes me anything, it's up to me, that's where your life really begins to to change. And you say, yes, I can do it. I can make such and such happen. If I just try harder and don't say, I failed. If you really want it, Find a way to fix what you failed at and get better at it. Nobody owes you anything. Your successes and or f- failures are going to depend upon you. That is uh, certainly on point. I just had this discussion actually with one of my kids um, this past week. Uh, and it's funny when it comes full circle, right? You see, you see, you know, you, you, you start out as a you know, 16 or 17 or 18 year old. And, and, and at that age, you think that you know everything, right? You, you have all of the answers to, to most of the questions. And, and um, as you get older, you're probably not as smart as you think you are, but you become a heck of a lot more wise. And, and being willing to, to share um, what you're sharing with us today is, is, is critical to, to the young people that we work with. And frankly, my sons, that <laughs> I'm going to make sure they listen to this podcast. With that, is there is there anything else that you want to leave us uh, us with today? First of all, I want to say thank you to your whole organization making a commitment to benefiting these here younger people which may not live in that housing environment, may not hang around with people that have all that positive thinking and real good advice that they're going to receive from your organization. I compliment you, and as I've said to you over and over, if there's any way you people think that I can help you, you know right where my office is. Just give me a phone call, and and I will be there. And But once again, 
thank you for being here in this uh, building. And I just hope something I said on this uh, podcast is going to be beneficial to some people. I'm sure that it will. I didn't give the background story. Our relationship really is one of happenstance. We were looking for a new property, you know, turning maybe a a not so good situation. Our our last location was being torn down for a hotel of all things. And uh, we were looking for a new property and we found this property and, and, and frankly fell in love with the people more so than and the property is beautiful by the way, but, but fell in love with the people that here um, first. And because of that, then fell in love with the property and we're, we're happy to, to be here in your building. Well, happy happier, to have you here. You know, thank you. And um, glad we made that move. And I remember we're, we're sitting actually in this room, there's a conference room on the third floor of this building and, and, and Nobby's like, um, yeah, we can negotiate if you like, but you should just sign the contract. You're going to be happy. <laughs> and guess what? He's right again. So um, thanks for, for all that you do for, for us, for the community, and um, especially for spending some time today. Um, our young people are going to be exposed to you for, um, for the foreseeable future. And your messaging and, and your story is 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 fantastic and relatable to everybody. So thanks again. I want to thank Quentin here for, I guess you don't call it spinning the dials anymore because it's all digital, but Quentin is the man relative to everything marketing that's outward facing with Jobs for Ohio graduates. So um, thanks, Quentin. And I just uh, hope, hope that's your last 15 minutes or half hour or whatever it was, well, was, but beneficial to you and your organization. I really enjoyed it, and I and I enjoy getting this here message out into young people because some of them hang around with the wrong people, don't live in a happy environment, and they're on and on and on. And so the more good stories they hear, the more right organizations which they are involved in, the better person they will become. Thank you for joining our Jogcast, Journeys to Success with Jobs for Ohio's graduates.